Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Good morning and salutations. Hey. What up? Hello. Good evening. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is, of course, JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where we talk about revolutionary girl <laughs> Utana. Specifically this week, episodes six and seven. Watch out, Miss Nonami and the Unfulfilled Jury. Two distinctly tonally different episodes. <laughs> One of which involves many animals and many strange things Strange happening. leaps of logic, strange occurrences, strange characters. Strange... These characters are the strangest we've seen them to date. <laughs> and that is saying a lot, given mm. how we've seen them before. Mm. But this time, something's different. This time will be different. And then another episode of just... Oh, we're back Melodrama to Melodrama yep. and sword fights. And, and slaps. And anti-slaps. Never forget the slaps. Yep. We're probably five for five-ish. Did she get again. slapped in Watch Out, Miss Nanami? I don't no, think so. No, but... But she don't, did. Don't she did in... Uh, unfulfilled jury, just as I jokingly mimed a slapping motion to you. I don't understand how and like why. Like clockwork, baby. It's just like, it's unrelenting. Oh, man. Poor sweet Anthony. She's kind of got a child's mind and people love to slap her in the face. <laughs> because they hate kids. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a child's mind. She has a childlike innocence about her. Uh, naivete, yes. if you will. Hey, speaking of childlike innocence and naive you have my attention did you know liam that we still have a patreon account for now we still have a patreon account a patreon with account patrons on it wow and in my house not that i would expect and new patrons new at patrons. that indeed those who heeded my warning to sign up now while they wouldn't be charged and let me tell you that's paid off in like a dollar. A dollar of dividends. It's it's good. I mean, sure, why not? But they like, gotta get those dividends. Well, get, no, they gotta get the bonus content. Get, get that boco. Get that bonus content. Nick is making a, I would say, Italian shopkeeper hand gesture. You come into and my he house. has been cancelled. Okay. Uh. Well. Anyway, as per our promises that we've made in the past, did you know that this episode will be dedicated purely and utterly to? Izaku. Izaku. Indeed. A patron of whom I know nothing about. A patron of the highest order, because there's only one order of them now. <gasps> You're right. And it's the highest. Thank you, Izaku. You are a fiend, but a lovable one. Love an irascible fiend. A lovely fiend who I would dare say is worth a shout out of an episode. And this is your shout out. On this episode of Jojo's World, our Jojo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are recapping and discussing episodes six and seven of Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. That's for you, Izaku. That's for you specifically. I'm pointing at the mic as if Izaku can see me. Yeah, you've got to it. speak to the mic as if it's a person. Yeah. You've got to caress it as if it's a person. Let me do that now. Oh, that's going to be fucking yeah, terrible. that's going to be awful. Just looking at it, it looks quite unremarkable, actually. Well, this is surprising. <laughs> anyway, don't caress our patrons. Thank you, Izaku. Not unless your... they sign up for the $15 tier. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Nick. Yes. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Where do we even fucking begin? Just... Okay. Watch out, radioactive man. I mean, Miss Nanami. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nanami is walking home. No, hang on. You're getting ahead of yourself, Nick. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, of course, why I am the co-host and you are the co-host. I apologise. Please, co-host, take over so that I may learn. 
from my co-hosting ways. A number of strange events have been occurring, placing Nanami in danger. <gasps> the latest caused a dashing young boy to appear from out of nowhere to save her. Now, something caught my eye here on IMDb about this episode. Wait, is this part of the blurb? No. Okay. This 10-star review from December 2019 from Akio Movie. Okay, what the fuck is a 10-star review? I, I can't I, believe I need to explain this I to always, you, Nick. No, I always but when people just... rate things in a series of stars from either 1 to 5 or 1 to 10, well, no, it's then not... the higher number is better. But it's not meant to be 1 to 10, it's 5 stars. That's what IMDb does. What the fuck is wrong? They had a scale that already worked. They're like, nah, no, no, let's take go it up with 10. Bezos. Oh, come here, you fucking Jeff bastard. Presumably the second richest man in the world now. Oh, because Elon yeah. took over? God damn it. God damn it. Why can't we take over this that review? Top spot? Yes. Well, with the help of patreon.com slash JoJo's World, <laughs> Which we are you too can make me the biggest man. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, Homer, you're a hundred feet tall and made of gold. <laughs> Wait, let me get this right. And your dream is, is to, to be the biggest man in the world. <laughs> by, by our patrons sponsoring you to get large? Yep. It's like you Do get, you, you know, need... ten large. Is this why we're shutting down the Patreon? Because you'll get too large? I'll and you'll get be like... too large and I've got to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> You're already 10 feet tall. You can't go okay, much larger. this review. Okay. A horse in my school? It's more likely than you think. <laughs> it's the funniest, most absurd episode yet. I don't know what else to say. It was pure chaos and I loved every second of it. I'm right there with yeah. that guy. So I just, I'm right I, there with him. I described this to you as when we finished watching episode six, Nick. Um, we saw like... A brief window into Nanami's psyche during the sequence where she kept trying to sabotage Anthe in the study group, mm -hmm. pulling animals out of her purse and then encountering other fresher animals and things like that. Yep, yep. Uh, this episode is pure uncut madness, <laughs> all on behalf of Nanami's weird brain. <laughs> but at the same time, we do understand more about Nanami and her psychotic tendencies. Nanami has what I would describe as a terminal case of traitor's brain. <laughs> traitor's brain? Yeah. The hell is traitor's brain? The brain of a traitor. <laughs> Someone who at all odds will attempt to defy whatever there is to defy? Question yeah, for that? her own benefit, even if that benefit is not real at all. <laughs> this is the, uh, the bring back the plague mentality. Even if it means we all die in the process. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, basically, it's like, you know what? If humanity died, I'd be totally fine with it. It's like, including yourself? Oh, I guess so, yeah. Like, but then you'd be dead. It's like, yeah, but, I mean, humanity would be dead. It's like, yeah. This is just COVID-19, Rufus. Yes. Um, so this is the only episode that we've had an anime in where she isn't antagonistic. I guess. She's still a little... She's at her least end. In fact, I would say there's no human antagonist in this episode. It's just a bunch of people who are bad at expressing what they want. <laughs> well, to be fair, there is one There antagonist. is a child who attempted to kill someone three times, but... Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, there's also... But he's like... not even treated as an antagonist other than very briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's nighttime, as you said. Nanami is experiencing something we all experience at some point in our lives. Walking through darkened, deserted streets and worrying that someone is following you. She pauses in the dark alleyway. It's a classic Japanese alleyway also, should note. It's got like, I was about to say thigh-high walls. No, 
No, to be fair, no, that is a thigh high. I'm going to stick with it. There's thigh high walls. Okay, well, you're wrong. But... Uh, and she pauses. She looks behind her. She can hear some footsteps in the darkness. And then she's hurrying. And she almost gets hit by a car. Because she falls over. The car swerves to the side. And the driver is like, hey, watch where you're going. And then she sees the silhouette of a man in the distance watching her. Who is that man? Unclear. And he turns around. Because the man that it should be, based on the other events of the story... Is not that tall. Definitely not, not. remotely that tall. Is it the same man? Is it is it that man, but his presence is amplified by her fear? I assume because she's on the ground, the perspective might be weird. Or maybe he's on stilts. Or maybe he has some of his oh. younger friends uh, and they're wearing a big coat. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe he's not even following her right now. He's trying to sneak into an adult movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually himself wearing a trench coat. Yeah, that's what Which I see. inherently makes him taller. Oh, I see. Mm. He doesn't have any friends. He, it's just him wearing a trench coat. Okay, so it's Nanami. It's daytime. It's it's like the beautiful aqueduct cafe that's at oh, the Jesus school. Christ. Uh, and <laughs> I guess all... this is like the cafeteria, but it's open air and it's just beautiful. I thought we had a different area for the cafeteria. I mean, size of this school has got to be several, right? It's a recreational dining space at least. <laughs> So it's Nanami, it's Kiryu, and it's Mickey. I love how Mickey in this episode, mm-hmm. he's just kind of there hanging out with everyone. He's just there having a bit of a glance. Fresh off his, his heel turn as the dual villain, he's just friends with everyone this episode. And he's like, oh, that's an interesting little thing that happened. Oh, maybe mm. I'll just ask more about, oh, this is, oh, this is neat. Yeah. So Nanami thinks that someone is trying to kill her because other than this recent incident with someone following her, uh, a flower pot almost fell on her recently and some logs fell down near her and she almost fell down the stairs. <gasps> what kind of heinous criminal would deign to do this? So there's a quick cut here where it zooms in on Mickey drinking his teas and being like, what bad luck? And when we cut back out to the wide shot, Nanami has crawled across the table to Toga and grasped his hand, staring deep into his eyes because she's got issues. And his Just red... a reminder for those who may not be as familiar with these characters, these are brother and sister. Mm. And Toga being the red-haired... Fucking statuesque Jojo character that he is. He just kind of looks at her and goes, well, that's a shame for you then. I know this is the work of someone who can't stand how stylish and cute and popular and wonderful I am. Mm. Dear sweet Natomi. She just... She's got her priorities in order. (laughs) So she's just What does she want? She, She wants to be the most stylish, cute and popular and wonderful. And she wants to fuck her brother. In and also that, sometimes Mickey. In that order. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that she can't have, she wants. Togger stands up. I think you shouldn't read so many detective novels. And then he's looking over his shoulder through his hair at her, being like, I have important student council work to attend to. Goodbye. I think I'd turn to you and like, imagine being that. Yeah. Imagine being that guy. Oh. Just a, like every day would be a new adventure of you being like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realise you were down there on the earth. I am too busy up here with my head in the clouds attending to student council work. Mm, there's important student council work to be done, like what can I do to change global warming? The student council work that I have to do this episode appears to be dealing with an infestation of roaches in the greenhouse. Why is there not some sort of school groundskeeper to deal with this? Well, that's what I, the student council president, have to attend to. Shit, that's a legitimate inquiry. <laughs> okay, yep. So then Nanami's all like, ah. Okay, so it's Nanami. Yep. It's Mickey, still just hanging out with people. Yep. uh, And it's the three mean girls. Ah, the three mean, her posse, if you will. 
Mickey's like, ah, relationships between siblings. Complex, huh? I've got this thing with my sister that I talked about a lot recently. <laughs> um, is this the bit where he says, oh, man, you know, Nanami's got a real brother complex. No, that's later. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just calling it like he sees it. Which, to be fair, yes. Um, so Mickey is asking if Nanami has done anything to upset anyone lately. And basically they're all like, Oh yeah, she's like sabotaging people all the time, but she's always certain it can't be traced back to her. Mm. Mm. She always knows how to cover her tracks and cover her motives. Yeah. Hey guys, someone's trying to kill me. I don't like it. And then she gets hit in the face by a baseball. From afar. Yeah. Pitched by no, none other than Utena Tenjo, protagonist of Revolutionary Girl Utena. Who and she's running over, dressed Running in... over with big himbo energy, <laughs> being like, Hey guys, I just hurt you in the face of the baseball, but I'm really cheery about it. And she's just running over in like a big baseball outfit, being mm-hmm. like, you know, mitt in hand, cap on forwards, being like, Oh yeah, hey, so um, where's the ball, by the way? Where is it? It's... Sunk deep into Nanami's forehead. Yep, just covering her whole face. And they have to hold her back from attacking Utena because she thinks that she's the culprit. Uh, and then, like, we cut away and it's like, oh, I wouldn't kill you. I've got no motive. I never think about you. Literally, you are the last thing on my mind. Nanami, you're nothing to me. <laughs> you are worthless. No motive, brain. huh? Well, I happen to know that my brother's interested in you. <gasps> Says Utena. Well, no, Utena's more she like. She just stop and glance back. He likes to stick his nose in where it doesn't belong. That's a fair, and also, fair assessment, yeah. That's not really a motive either. <laughs> well, I guess it Brother is. Brother interested in me? I have to kill his sister. Yeah. It's kind of like that psychopath test. Right. What's, you, what okay, psychopath? This is, the, this is kind of a riddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea is if you are able to instantly deduce uh, the the answer, then like maybe an indica- indication of psychopathic tendencies. Okay. What is it? What's so the, the idea... Uh, I obviously don't have it at hand, so I, I may lose some of the subtlety here. Okay. But the idea is, like, you tell a story in which a um, a young woman attends a her father's funeral. Okay. And meets, like, the most wonderful man there, and she's so attracted to him, so interested in him. Oh. But she never gets his number. Ah, oh, Cinderella. No. <laughs> Re- reverse Cinderella. Instead no. of a ball, it's a funeral. Instead of a man, it's a lady. Uh, and, like, she asks around, but she can't figure out who he is. Okay. So she kills her mother. Why? Uh, so that she can go to another funeral? Yeah. Oh. That's fucking weird. <laughs> Wait, how quickly are we talking about in terms of... Re- did, did I? Did I, uh... Well, I also cut a lot of stuff, a lot more of the, the, the nuance out of the story for oh, the sake okay. of telling it. All I right. was sort of like, no idea. I assume that is not, like, a... A foolproof a valid, test. like, psychological assessment. Yeah, it's... Some guys randomly gone online <laughs> be like, Oh, if you're a psychopath, you think really logically, even at the cost of others' emotions. I'm going to come up with a story <laughs> that'll prove I'm a psychopath. Shh, shut up. There's someone in the greenhouse. <gasps> Who could it be? But there's a keep out sign on the greenhouse. What? What? But Kiryu and Anthea are in there. What? What? Why are they inside? And Mickey, still just hanging out. Uh, and Nanami and Utena... All go and eavesdrop, and they have a very Anthe and uh, Toga Kiryu are having a very sinister conversation, being like, "You've got to finish the job, Anthe." But I can't kill them. A life just... is a life, and uh, they can't be allowed to live. Toga's like, "What are they worth? Like such vermin?" I want the killing done at once. But, but... And then Nanami's there being like, Oh my, oh my god. god. My brother's trying to kill me. It was him all along. So she bursts in and basically says that, and everyone's like, what? Uh, Utena 
and Mickey are both like, oh my god, it was her brother. Uh, Nanami is like, how oh. dare you? How dare you? Nanami does have a hallucination of, uh, in black and white, Anthe and Kiryu standing on the roof of the school holding a big pot plant by the single red rose that's coming out of it and being like, with my sister out of the way, we can finally be together. And they cut the pot plant, the plant, the uh, stem, so that the pot falls onto Nanami below. Ah. Just like completely overlooking the fact that Anthe is incapable of malice towards anyone. She is literally... We had an entire episode about how she was like, I just like how they look. <laughs> I just think they're neat. <laughs> uh, is like, how dare you? How dare you? You're a sick fucker, you know that? And then she cries, and it's the most sincere emotion we've ever seen from her. Uh, and then she runs off, tear-eyed and broken. Utena's all like, how could you? How could you dare to kill your sister? <laughs> Utena's just completely on board with Nanami's unhinged ranting, like... Wow, guys, I can't believe you would commit murder. This is sick. Kiryu, I expected it from you, but Anthe, huh. And then I think at this point, Kiryu's like, the fuck they are just, you like, talking about? They just hold up like the roach spray that they've got. And they're like, what are you, what are you talking, we got roaches to kill. Yeah, the garden. That's and, why we're in the greenhouse, because there's just, an infestation. And Anthe just doesn't want to kill them. We've seen this already. Loved cockroaches. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you think the episode has been unusual so far, we're about to take a few... We're, gonna, we're about to ratchet it up. Ratchet it up hugely. <laughs> it's time. Because it's time for a horse to escape and charge Anthony. No, sorry. Uh, Nanami, Nanami. In the middle of the school hall. So Nanami's running along. Crying. She's like, I can't believe it was my own brother Leaving who would do this to me. A trail of yellow rose petals in her wake. I just want to be loved by my brother. Oh, I wish I was dead. I so wish I was dead. Watch out, a horse has escaped. What? And it's like serious Bojack Horseman on drugs vibes here. <laughs> Big killer eyes. Runaway horse. A horse has broken loose and the horse is charging down the corridor. It's going to trample Nanami. Literally the main The chickens hall. in the school hallway are scattered in its way. <laughs> Literally the main hall of the school where normally Utena and... One of the oh, few fully enclosed environments yeah, yeah, yeah. in this school. What's, what's that girl's name? Uh, Wakaba. Wakaba. And where they hang out and Yeah, where they it. hang out and they're like, oh, you can't keep tackling me at the window. It's that hall. It's that same yeah. identical hall that Nami's running through. And now there's a horse in there running through. But a handsome, unseen blonde man tackles Nanami <gasps> and to safety. Who are you? And then it's gossip time. Do you think now that, now that Utena can just hang out with Mickey, we're never going to see Wakaba again? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. Because he fulfills a lot of roles in this episode that Wakaba would have done. Mm. But also Mickey's part of the student council, so yeah. he has a different niche. True. Whereas Wakaba's from the outside. She's just kind of doing her own regular schoolgirl exactly. thing. Exactly. She can be there being like, have you heard the rumour from the school? I don't think you have because you're too much in the rumour, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so this next sequence, it's Mickey and Utena, uh, Metal Gear Solid, still following uh, Nanami yep. while she's talking to various men being like, wow, I heard she was saved by a prince. A prince? That's what I want to be, says Utena. Let's follow her and see who it is. And like first, like walking by the, the gym teacher, like, oh, is she into older men? No. Oh, it's not him. Oh, she's looking to, talking to that plain looking science teacher. Is it him? Nope. nope. Oh, it's that 10 year old child. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, normal. Um, so so she's, she's got this handkerchief. Yeah, it's like a napkin or a handkerchief or something. It's like with... a, um, a, what's the word? Monogrammed handkerchief. Mm, so it's got his name on it. Mitsuru Subawaki. Subawaki. 
Suwabuki. 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 Suwabuki? Yeah. Is that the one we're going with? That's what I said. Suwabuki. 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 They said Suwabuki. Suwabuki. Look, you have the image right there. So, yeah. What, what? You could just zoom in a bit and be all like, Su- Nick, we're saying, the, we're saying the same syllables either no. way. It's just a, the matter of emphasis. No, but is it Suwabuki or Suwabaki? Buki. Buki. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I'm with you. That again. was never that was never in question for me. In my mind, it was. I'm I'm pulling anatomy oh, it's here. Just my rough Australian accent distorting <laughs> the old. Uh, I don't even know what that voice is. Oh, you know the old bloody vocal cords. They come and go. You, you know, leave none of me out of this. <laughs> anyway, so she's got this handkerchief. She's like, I have to find my man who saved my life from that horse. Who could it possibly have who, been? Who like gave her the handkerchief to tie up her bleeding hand after? Mm. And so we get a flashback from her, from like her perspective, this beautiful statuesque, st- mysterious black, black silhouetted boy. Yeah. Who's just like, I'm sorry, I need to go now. And she's like, but wait, what's your name? My name is... Real tuxedo mask vibes. Yeah. My name is not important, but it is on the monogrammed handkerchief I just gave you. I'm sure we'll meet again. So cool. They're like, I didn't think there was a prince that cool in the school. They're just following her. They're just following her. Yep. Uh, so then they just like watch. She's like going to a yeah, science Yeah, so it's this like 10-year-old doctor. blonde kid. And she's like, let's date. And everyone's like, this is normal. <laughs> Well, this is very odd, isn't it? She literally has to kneel on the ground to be at head height with him. Now, normally this wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't some form of romantic gesture, but it is. Will you please go out with me? And everyone is like, what? The mean girls are there now too. Yeah. Uh, everyone's like, oh my God. And then we have- Shadow puppets. Okay, the shadow puppets are camping and they make curry and it's not good. We can skip over that. I don't understand what this was meant to symbolize in any way, <laughs> other than oh, this is a fun ep. Back in the open air cafetorium. Uh, Utena and Mickey are talking about... Can't believe Nanami's dating an elementary schooler. Basically, just the whole thing is, well, you know, she does have a brother complex. Yeah, Mickey's like, she's not really serious about this. She's interested in her brother. You know, it's just a phase. It'll rub off eventually. Yeah, she's gonna lose interest in this kid and get back to her much healthier obsession with her biological brother. Which is healthier just from the age group that they're in, you know? I mean... (laughs) It's not a productive (laughs) exercise to split hairs between whether it's healthier to... Data, 10 year old or your biological brother it's bo- they're both bad but if we needed to judge yeah. I'm saying oh man <laughs> in this specific case I would dare say probably healthier because at least the brother isn't going through with it and there's this little there's this little like bit that they do through this conversation that I like where it's just like a, a subtle bit of like conversational fleshing out it's not really a joke per se but like the, the thing that keeps happening is they start talking about the situation with Nanami and someone will say like this seems bad and then the other one will be eating their lunch and say no it tastes fine to me and they're like no no I'm not talking about the food yeah which is it's not good. really like a joke but it's just like a, a bit that's yeah keep it breaks up the flow of exposition would you call it a punchline no uh, well okay then <laughs> I tried I failed but we got there ah <sighs> She's only interested in her brother. Everything else is just dregs to her. Dregs? And then I really like this bit. Mickey looks deadly serious, barrels the camera. Dregs. Leftovers. Parsley. And then he holds up a little sprig of parsley in maybe the most expensive animation in the episode. <laughs> and then Utena leans back and goes, ah, over parsley. Which, when you zoom in, looks like a little tree. It does. It looks like a small... Bunkai. Bunkai? Bunkai. Bunks. Of course, the oh God. super move from Bleach. <laughs> the limit break, if you will. 
And um, then, they, then they see Nanami is like, oh, she's over there with the boy. And they're just like, it just, it, it just doesn't seem right. Something seems off about this I can't put my thing. finger on it, but this seems unwholesome Why somehow. would Nanami, a uh, junior high student, hmm. be dating an elementary school student? It just, hmm. it doesn't I seem I can't put right. my finger on it. And then we see the reason behind yeah. it. There's a quick montage here of situations that Nanami finds herself in where she needs some help. Like, oh, I forgot my tennis gear. Or, oh, I forgot my easel for art class or oh I forgot there was a test today and everyone she claps her fingers and goes sewer burking and then he helps like he comes out of her locker with a tennis gear on his head he's under her desk holding the answer book in the test bold of her to snap and call for help during the test what's the teacher gonna do about it it's true she's the brother of the person on the student council come on man this is like this is her privilege yeah um and then holding the easel for her. The, 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 um, not the easel. The canvas. The canvas. Being her easel. Yeah, being the easel. And then she's like, oh, and uh, after this, would you mind uh, just, you know, helping me out with whatever it is that she needs help with? Lunch. Lunch. Can you make my lunch for me for tomorrow? And this poor child. Okay, so we're right at the best part of the episode. So, mm-hmm. and that's high praise because this is a this is a great episode. Oh, this bit! So, oh. so once again, Mickey and Utena are just watching this all happen. They're staring out the window at uh, Suabuki being uh, Nanami's easel. And who <laughs> else wants to commentate on this situation than a little fellow yeah. with so, green hair? <laughs> so they're like... Wow, is that how she treats her boyfriends? I don't know, it doesn't seem healthy to me. And then just sidling in from side of frame between Mickey and Utana comes Sayonji, who we haven't seen since episode two, where he lost his duel and then, and <laughs> then just went shut into himself sulking. in his dorm. Mm. He just sidles in and is like, no matter how you may be abused, sometimes you love someone. Like how I love Anthony. Uh, and then he like pulls his promise journal out of his, uh, out of his kendo tongue. robe. And he's just like, yes, the bond that we share is a hidden love. Mm. And then there's a very, very really long, long sil- awkward silence. No one, no one looks at him or even turns around. And then after a while, he goes, hidden love. And they're like, no one's talking to you, Sayonji. Literally no one asks what you want. <laughs> and that's a wrap on Sayonji. <laughs> so good. Oh, I, I... He's just become so Team Rocket so quickly. Oh my god. You know how like in the first like three episodes of Pokemon, Team Rocket are like a serious threat? And then they just they so quickly nosedive into being just... The comedy trick? Yeah, just a joke. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Once you're past level three, it's like, well, I mean, I can just deal with Team Rocket now. Okay, so Nanami is accosted by three basically identical boys with sunglasses. Suzuki, Tanaka, and I didn't get the name of the other one because who cares? Who cares? And they're like, Nanami, we write you love letters every day, but you're dating a middle schooler? We feel like we're entitled to your love. And Nanami's like, uh, who are you? Just guys these three again? incels who show up. Yeah, it's like, who who are you guys? What do you what do you do? What uh what what is it that should I should I know you in some fashion? And they're like, they're always like arranged in the camera so they're like stacked on top of each other because for all intents and purposes they're basically the same person mm. which I like, appreciate we've been sending you love letters we've been sending you messages we've been sending you hearts so she clicks her fingers Suabuki take and out the trash he shows up he's like can do my love yeah we're gonna beat you up small child because you're dating the girl we like and he's like oh yeah I'm gonna beat you all up and then he does uh, he literally screams, runs at and them. And then they scream in harmony and run at him. 
And then they just have a big fight, punch up, and Nanami's looking at the sky being like, Ah, sky's so blue today. Is it possible a sky could be so blue? As the fighting sounds are just in the background. And then we cut to like the three like comatose forms of these boys on the floor. One of them floating face down in a river. Uh, And then... And then they're never singing again. And Suabuki is like, Ugh. Ugh, I did it's it. Real um, Yakuza vibes. Yeah, just struggling like, to get up. I'm playing Yakuza Kiwami 2 right now. Uh huh. And there's a sequence where um, you've asked Majima to like keep an eye on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a cutscene where a bunch of thugs are walking through Kamurocho to raise hell. Of course. And then they just bump into shirtless Majima. <laughs> and then you, you next, you, next you come into town, you see shirtless Majima stumbling along, covered in blood, being like, I did it. I showed them who's boss. <laughs> and that's Suwabuki right now. Yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Uh, so Nanami shows up and is like, oh, you did a great job. Oh, holds him tenderly. He's like, oh, you did so well. By the way, my lunch still hasn't <laughs> been made yet. Yeah, so- I kind of put in an order like 10, 15 minutes ago. Do you mind getting onto that right yeah. away? Lunch I'm is just getting a bit peckish, you know? you know? My blood sugar. Like... I'm a delicate flower. Yeah, I'm nice and wonderful and popular. You wouldn't let a delicate flower die, I'm Nanami. You? You're gonna fucking do what I say. You little bitch. Otherwise... <laughs> Otherwise I'll break up with you. Do you want to break up with me? I watched Palm Springs last night, the Andy Samberg Groundhog Day movie. Yeah. Uh, and there's a bit near the end where he breaks up with his horrible girlfriend. Okay. Uh, and she's like, you can't break up with me. I was gonna break up with you. <laughs> That's I get real Nanami vibes from her. Yeah, pretty much. Just a whole lot of like... Excuse me, do you mind? I'm trying to walk here mm. and you're standing on the coals. Excuse me, you're breathing the air that I wanted? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you pay for this for me? I mean, this... No, let me pay for my own goods. Thank you very yeah, much. Just reimburse me later. Okay, just give me... I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> are you are you taking me out for a nice time? I didn't... No. I'm sorry, are you no? trying to murder me? That's, uh, I, no, excuse I don't me. appreciate that. No, no, no. I murder you. Yeah, yeah. And this small child is going to do it for me. So (laughs) So I have to get my hands dirty. So if you don't mind, fuck off. (laughs) So then Uten is there and is like, I can't believe how you're mistreating this child. One, it's weird that he's like... It's weird you're dating him. Right. I'm just going to come out and say it, Nanami. It's weird that you're dating an elementary schooler. Two, call me crazy, cancel me, (laughs) but I think that middle schoolers shouldn't date elementary schoolers. Number two... I'm not entirely sure how old you are, but you're as tall as me, and so it doesn't seem right. Number two, you're just using him. Yeah. Like, it's pretty plain to see... Bodyguard. You're not going out. You're just manipulatively using him because he's okay with it. But don't you understand, she says? My brother's abandoned me, so I need this small child to do all the things he would normally do for me. Yep, definitely don't under... Wait, all the things he does for you? You know what? We're just going to gloss over that. At this point, Mickey tries to interject and explain the bug spray thing. But hey, and he says, you've got it all wrong. And then she cuts him off. No, I've got it all right. I'm Nanami. (laughs) (laughs) Because of course she does. (laughs) I can treat him however I want. And then we get exposition from Suwabuki. Because Nanami's already stormed off. And they're like, hey, you don't let him let her treat you like that. No, it's okay. Because we've actually met before. And then he tells a story about where they never actually meet. They, they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't meet. They didn't technically meet, no. So much in the exact same way that the horse broke free earlier. He tells a story of when like, he was even younger. He's wearing one of those Hayato Kawajiri preschooler yellow hats. Yep. As we yep. saw in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, part four, Diamond is Unbreakable, Bites the Dust. Nice. Yep. Yep. Uh, so he's so, he's that young, and Nanami is regular. Is like his age now. 
Yes. From, from her height. Quite a bit younger, yeah. but not too young. A bull breaks loose. <gasps> a bull? Oh, no. It's like the same pose, yeah. the same shining background as like, before. Guys, you've got to look up these animal poses with like a runaway bull and a bull's gotten loose and a runaway horse. A horse has gotten loose because the way they draw them is just so enchanting. This guy has a big smile. It's either a big smile or huge kissable lips. <laughs> <laughs> the bull's loose. I'm a come and kiss you. <laughs> oh, man. A bull's gotten loose and little little Suabushi... Suabuki. Yep. Yep. He's playing in a sandpit and the bull is charging and it's all the animals hate Nanami. And this bull is coming right for it's her. Gonna She's going to gore her much like... Everybody loves Raymond's brother. Robert Barone was gored by a bull when he was a cop in an early episode. Ah, but didn't he get gored somewhere delicate? The upper thigh. Oh. So, Suabuki, child that he is, is running towards the bull like, look out. But then we don't see what happens exactly. But then fully grown Kiryu is standing between Nanami and the bull and the bull has fallen over on its side as if Kiryu, with his awesome strength, much like his namesake from the Yakuza franchise, (laughs) just punched the bull out. Uh, And it just collapses on the ground. Yeah. Have you seen um, the climax of Yakuza Kiwami 2? No. Because there's a bit in that where Mm -hmm. uh, Kazuma Kiryu punches tigers out. Like literal tigers? Yeah. Like actual living tigers. Yeah, and there's, there's background for that because, of course, the um, the ch- the crowning move of his martial arts instructor's mm-hmm. uh, school is the tiger drop, a punch said to be a- able to knock out a tiger, <laughs> which is also capable of trivializing basically every combat encounter. Oh, beautiful! And Fucking then in, in two, you get to punch out a tiger. Oh, so in, good! And that, of course, takes place in spoilers. Uh, a Japanese castle that breaks apart to reveal an identical golden uh, Japanese yes. castle within it. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so, so Kiryu, Kiryu not Kazuma, down. but no. Toga, yep. punched out this bull and then leant down and was like, are you okay, Nanami? And she's like, wow, I'm so in love with my brother. Uh, and Kiryu, again, fully grown. Yeah, picks her up, puts her on his shoulder, and walks away. Now, and then, young. This, this, is like, this is like a mirror of um, Utena like, wanting to be like her prince. Mm. Because then uh, Tsubuki is like, wow, he's so cool. I want to be Nanami's big brother. Or at least be as cool as her big brother or something. So then we learn that he's been practicing to be a cool big brother like that. And he's been sabotaging her so that he can rescue her. And then Utena's like, wait, so... Dropping the pots, looking over the logs. You're the one who's actually been trying to kill her? Yeah, I rehearsed all these schemes. It's what Nanami would have wanted. Uh... (laughs) So he gets up. He's he's got a cactus in a pot somehow now. Yeah, and he's like, well, I have to do my job. (laughs) Yep, time to go try to kill Nanami again. And they're like, hey, you can't do that, kid. That's a bad plan, all right? Let's just sit down and ha- have a sensible conversation. Okay, so they're talking. They're, to- they're talking like, okay, you can't do this. You can't do this. Mm-hmm. And then as they're talking, we cut to what looks to be Nanami in a secret bunker with like an old-timey, one of those uh, recording real computers yep. uh, and, and uh, cans on her head, just listening and looking sinister, like listening to the whole thing. Sort of like some kind of Russian spy yeah, who's yeah. trapped un- like underneath a research facility listening in mm. on secret government recordings. Of course, I couldn't tell Nanami about any of this, she's saying. And then it turns out this whole setup is right next to them because Nanami has reality warping powers. Uh, so she throws the headphones down and goes, you I'm so fuck. mad at you. And then she's talking into a microphone on a tripod that's there. And they're like, I'll never forgive you. 
and it echoes and he's sad. Thanks to you, I, I was mean to my brother. Hey guys, let's just calm down and have a rational com- No time to talk! A runaway kangaroo's gotten loose. He's got boxing gloves. He's, he's got here. ears. He's here to fight. He's got fight and gusto in him that he wants to get out yeah. with someone. The kangaroo is here to fight. He escapes the boxing ring that's nearby for some reason. Someone's like ringing a bell. Yeah, choo-choo's just- there. It just rolls out. And he's charging Nanami because all the animals hate Nanami. And he's going to punch her with his boxing gloves like how kangaroos do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as someone who has kangaroos yeah. on his property, yes. I've seen the first episode of The of the Mighty Boosh with the kangaroo fight. <laughs> but then, ah, oh, just like in The Bodyguard, <laughs> Zubabuki jumps in the path and takes the hit. Gets punched in the face by a kangaroo and flies away. He flies over. <laughs> the kangaroo, still murderous intent in his eyes, watches and from afar. the kangaroo afar. isn't just, like, mindlessly attacking people. It is, like, shadow boxing in the meantime, too. It's got form. Yeah. Uh, so, Zuabuki to... gets up and he's like, No, I've got to protect her. Nanami grabs just, like, a wooden, like, strut from something nearby. No, no, Utena Sorry. grabs a yep. strut. You're right. Grabs a strut. Tries to hit her. The kangaroo with it, but the kangaroo, who is the most powerful combatant in this show to date, effortlessly punches through it and knocks Utana down. And Mickey's like, Are "You okay?" And then the kangaroo is looming over them. It's so huge and so tall, and they're scared. What I love is the bit how it's like looking to the sky, being like, "For father, <sighs> I must avenge my kangaroo dead bloodlust." And then it looks down, and then it just starts being like, "Raise it's fists, ruthless." Oh, it's ruthless. Beta Ginsburg. I don't get the reference. Okay, she's an American Supreme Court judge who died recently. Oh God. <laughs> but then Suabuki throws the cactus at him and is like, fight me, kangaroo. And then he's got boxing gloves on and they're going to fight. But then Nanami picks him up and runs away and is like, come on, kid, don't get yourself killed by a kangaroo. I need you to do my bidding. Listen. I need you to do what I want, and that involves you being alive and able to make my bento, mm. and it's real close to lunch. Yeah. So just... Yellow rose frame. Oh. I won't cry for you if you die for me, kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really good motivational <laughs> yeah. talks. And then she's running, and like there's an extended shot of her running, looking cr- increasingly worried as it's gaining on them, which is quite good. But then, silhouetted by bright white light... The silhouette of Kiryu <laughs> leaps over, over the boxing ring. Like the tethers. Ropes. That's because, the one. Because he was going to box the kangaroo, of course. His jacket falls off as he comes Yakuza over. Yakuza style. He's shirtless. He's wearing boxing gloves. And he punches out the kangaroo. With one swift uppercut. The kangaroo's mouth guard flies through the air, symbolising its defeat. <laughs> you know... Because it's wearing a mouth guard. Yeah, it's a boxing kangaroo. It's a human mouth guard. And Kiryu is just there looking illustrious. Victory. It's one of those classic boxing anime, like all the light from above, as if he's like got ring lights above him. Mm-hmm. And he's just looking to the camera with... <laughs> I just wounded an animal. <laughs> is it an endangered species? In Japan it is. Chucha rings the bell and there are just hundreds of students around all of a sudden. Just watching Kiri's amazing fight. <laughs> Nanami has a microphone from somewhere and is like, Wow, big brother, you saved me! I love you again! And Kiri's like, don't thank me. Thank me. Anthe is at the back of the crowd, yelling to resolve the other subplot. Utena, we took care of the vermin in the Rose Garden! And she's waving. And, and that's why, like, Kiri, you got here in Subquest time. complete. There we go. Tickety tick. Yep. There was a bug problem, you see. 
Tsuabuki, let's break up. Okay, but adopt me, please. And then they all walk away together. Kiryu, Nanami, and Tsuabuki. Big brother, you're the only one for me. And he doesn't respond because that's weird. Hmm. And, uh... And Kiryu looks back over his shoulder and that's the end of the episode. And Uten's um, all like, wow, that's a strange series of events to have occurred. But I guess I have feelings for Kiryu again, maybe? Unclear. She's like, you're quite a guy. Game recognised game. Nick, boxing kangaroos are a national symbol of Australia. You're goddamn fucking right. Frequently seen in popular culture. The um, idea is thought to have been derived uh, from the way they uh, their stance when they're aggressive. Mm-hmm. They'll often hop back and forth. Uh, and of course they get up on their tails for a big kick. And mm-hmm. the natural size and positioning of their hands reminds one of boxing. Mm. Especially when you're about to get kicked by one, which I was which the will, other day. Which will... Really? Yeah, so we have uh, okay, okay, so we have kangaroos living like in the backyard yep. area, and there was a family of kangaroos nearby. So when I went out for a walk, uh, I just saw this big ass kangaroo just do this, like leaning up slightly, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, if I just walk this way, he won't notice me. And then he just stood up and he's like, you want to fucking go, mate? You want to fucking go? And I was like, I'm going. And to. for listeners who may not realize, <laughs> male kangaroos are fucking shredded. They are terrifying. Fucking insane. So, like, the bulk of this lad, he's probably 12 feet tall if he wanted to be, <laughs> right? And his biceps are the size of me. Yeah. Like, terrifying. And then he was just standing there, like, do you see my testicles? Do you see these? Do you see these testicles? Because I see them. And they're going to punch you out. And I was like, oh, God. O- okay. I guess I'm going to not walk into you, maybe? And then they all just ran away. And I was oh, like, oh, so you didn't get kicked. I didn't get kicked, but I was always going to because... You started he... that story by saying how you got kicked. No, no, that I almost got what? kicked. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then he just, like, went away because he was like, okay, well, the others are walking away, so I walk away because I'm mm-hmm. the bigger kangaroo <laughs> punk. The idea of a boxing kangaroo originates from the animal's defensive behaviour in which it will use its smaller forelegs, parentheses, its arms... <laughs> <laughs> To hold an attacker in place while using the claws on its larger hind legs to kick, slash, or disembowel them. You know, when I'm referring to my smaller forelegs... Or arms. Or arms. <laughs> I always think of them in terms of being my smaller legs. Yeah. The idea of the boxing kangaroo has been known about since at least 1891 when a cartoon titled Jack the Fighting Kangaroo with Professor Lenderman appeared in the magazine Melbourne Punch. Huh. That's a good place to have a boxing kangaroo. Yep. Yep. Uh, there was uh, frequently travelling shows in the 19th century featuring kangaroos wearing boxing gloves fighting against men. Oh, Seems cruel. That's Just saying. Okay. As in real kangaroos? Yeah. Yikes. And during World War II, boxing kangaroos were stenciled on Australian fighter craft of the number tw- of the twenty number 21 squadron RAAF based there in Singapore go. and Malaya. There you go. Don't know why that made it into the Wikipedia article, nope. but sure. We've got another episode of Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant to talk <gasps> about. My God. And this one... Is not pure and utter madness. This one is much more serious. So we get our normal opening. I think I think that might be the rhythm of this show for a while, though. We're gonna have a non-dual episode, which is mm-hmm. either very silly or like absolute romantic. Yep. Or both. Or both. You never know. And then a dual episode. Okay. All right. I can get behind it. We get our normal. No, Nick. <laughs> you're skipping ahead again. Oh God damn it. We oh. But let's talk a bit about the symbolism of revolution in the OP. <laughs> well, well, it starts with them both revolving on a rose. Mm. And then we see several times throughout that Anthe's hand slip away from Utena's. <gasps> and then at the end, Utena is revolving by herself. Ooh, oh. What could it mean? Mm. 
What could it? You've got to protect her. What could Hashtag it protect Anthe. People keep slapping her in the face, and it's not okay. And boy, oh boy, do we have a good one this app. I still can't believe. Pretty much every time we have recorded, we've had an Anthe slap. Yep. Just it's so consistent. That's what gets me. <laughs> Tell me, Liam. What does IMDb have to say about episode seven? Uh, Jury. The fencing team captain has taken a special interest in Utena lately. She finds Utena's lack of regard for the dueling game to be sensible, but Jury hopes still, but Jury still hopes to accomplish something by winning. Jury unabridged. Nope. Uh, Jury undecided. Uncut. Uncensored. <laughs> Unwilling. <laughs> okay. Could you imagine a TV show that starts with? Uncut, uncensored, and unwilling. That's not going to be a good sign. No, you would just immediately be like, wait, who allowed... It would be like, um... What was that show that was insane? It was the like... man show. It was like Kids Country or something. Where oh, they, uh, Kid Nation. Yeah, Kid Nation, where it's like the first episode, one of the kids was like, yeah, I need to go home because... This is this, nuts. This is insane. The kid drank bleach on that show. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh... They let them do that. Okay, we know who Jury is. She's Mickey's, the captain of Mickey's fencing team. Mm -hmm. She's tall and elegant and she has a lot of dignity. And she's fencing right now in this episode and she's just fencing competitor after competitor and owning them all. She is a beast. Yeah, Mickey is impressed. She is the boxing kangaroo of the fencing world. That's true. Unbeatable. Except by Kiryu, we assume. Kiryu, highest power level this entire series. But beaten by Utena. Is there some kind of rock, paper, scissors metric going on? No so there's knows. a real like high status, low status thing going on here because in the, the school hallway overlooking the courtyard, mm-hmm. um, in one window, there is like uh, jury and the vice principal who's really like blowing smoke up her ass being like, you're so impressive and your student council decorum and the fencing, blah, 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 blah. And then on the other corner is that same teacher from episode one scolding uh, Utena about her uniform again. Oh, no, not about her uniform this time, sorry. About Choo Choo coming to school with her. And she's like, you can't bring a monkey to school. Then follow me. What do you want? I want better, Utena. And uh, because of this ruckus, Jury realises Utena is there. And like, after a whole rigmarole, like Utena and the teacher start chasing Choo Choo around and corner him in a um, classroom and shut the door. And then Jury basically orders the vice principal to take that teacher to lunch so that she can talk to Utena. Just straight up like, I can't believe that that teacher, you would want her to do something. And the teacher's like, what? I didn't... No, we're going out for lunch right now. No, you're taking her for lunch. Don't make me say it again. Hey, teacher. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the vice principal here. And she's like, oh, vice principal. I need to put on my makeup. No time. (laughs) No time. Need to run. Apparently that teacher is a guidance counsellor. The um, Mm -hmm. one who hates Utena. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Let's just break that down a second. Mm -hmm. The guidance counsellor. Yep who was ripping into Utena about yeah. bringing a monkey to school. Real Medusa vibes. Hates Utena. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The guidance counsellor mm-hmm. hates Utena. Yep. Is this because she's trying to guide Utena, or just that she's really bad at her job? She's a stickler for the rules, and Utena hates the rules, or doesn't care about the rules. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> Utena's got real Goku energy. I'm tr- still kind of trying to get a read on her character, but I feel like she's like that Goku himbo... Uh, mm. Doesn't really care about things that don't interest her. Yep, yep. Just wants to have a good time. Just uh, wants to meet wants that Wants to excel prince. at all the sports. Protect yep. innocent ladies. Be cool at no cost. <laughs> you know, just in general, be an all-round pretty cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. So So let's talk. 
So they uh they basically start talking to one yep, another. Game recognized game. Well, jury, I hear we know all about you. Even in the middle school, people say that if you get in trouble, that you'll drive them out of the school. Even teachers. They look out the window and they've got all the students on the ground floor mm-hmm. outside in the courtyard, just kind of talking to one another. Yeah, some there of them are boys sort- fencing with brooms, etc., yep. etc. And they're all like, you know, jury, you've got a hell of a reputation. But you're on the student council, right? So you're in this whole rose bride thing. I don't know how I feel about that, Jerry. Do know you know, do you want me to exposit about why we want the Rose Bride, Utena? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> so they're talking about the Rose Bride and then Anthea's below and they're like, hey, Anthea, and then she waves and she's got a little orange rose in her hand. She looks very happy to see Utena. Just doing her own thing, you know? And she's like, oh, y'all, come on up. Whoever the Rose Bride is engaged to will, quote, gain miraculous power. Power to revolutionise the world. There's a bit of a beat and then Utena like starts doing like stretches or, or lunges. And it's like, cool. If Do I get that now? Can I use it for my finals? I don't want to study much. I'm so in. I'm having a hard time telling just like how much she's taking the piss right now. <laughs> Maybe a little bit also at the same time be like, oh, cool. Miraculous power. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I'll go with it. You guys are really serious about these stupid duels for miraculous power. I don't get it. And then quick jury flashback. Believe in miracles and they will know your feelings. And she flashes back to like a small girl in the fencing room. No such thing as miracles, says jury, because she's cynical now. And Utena's all like, all right, that's sure. Yep. Um, I guess we're in agreement. Oh, looks like I'm being summoned to the guidance council hall again. Well, tell you what. I'm sure we'll meet again later, but you seem pretty all right, Jury. Yeah, I'm sure you're not going to do something in mere moments that will signify that you're a villain. Anyway, I'm going to go over here now. So Utena leaves and then Anthe walks just a little bit past her. Orange rose in hand. And then looks back and is like, hello, Jury. Would you like this orange rose that I've cultivated? She puts it up for her. Nothing but sweetness and delight in her face. And then guess what Jury does? (laughs) Slap! Bam! Goes the rose out of her hand. She's basically like, don't talk to me. Jury's like, how dare you. Don't get too familiar, she says. And she walks away. And then we have the student council elevator. Yep. The eggshell chick will die. Gotta break the shell. We are the chick. And, okay. The student council meeting rules. There's an extremely complex tournament bracket system happening right now. If only we could read the Japanese characters to figure out what this was exactly saying. But basically there are boxes which... With characters that we assume are people's names. I think so. And then uh, crowns to indicate who won. And that goes up to a little... Um, a little or, new thing. Or does the, is the, does the crown indicate who won? Or does it indicate who currently has the Rose Bride? Probably both. Unclear. Because that's how that works. Mm. I guess, yes. <laughs> yeah. So we can see there's been a number of battles. Uh, okay, I'm pretty sure, just based on that, my knowledge of the progression of the show, mm-hmm. that this first one that I've got a photo of here, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is... Utena and that's probably Sionji because then it goes Utena and Sionji twice. Yeah, but who has the crown switches? Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Uh, and then above that is the same. Yep. Not sure and what's going on over here, but there's like sad sweat drops around someone's name over there. Mm, very interesting. And then the one above that is basically just uh, the same. Yeah. Again, we've got anyway. another Taskmaster envelope from the Taskmaster. We've got to have another duel this week. Or else. So I think, uh, again, this is Kiryu talking. And he's like, I think it's Jury and me next. 
based on whatever arcane rules we use to decide this. Yeah, very odd that they know who's going to do it. And then Mickey is in front of the um the board, the board being the like, oh, bracket board. Miss Jury's going to duel too, of course. And then as Kiryu is talking, he has a the the first one. I thought it was a pencil at first, but it becomes clear that it's a knife. It's a definitely a throwing knife. Yeah. He throws it at the the board right next to Mickey's head, and then he throws a second one, which would be right where Mickey's head was. But he turns and looks to Jury at just the right <laughs> moment. And while this is going on, Jury is sat between them in like a big garden chair with her arms crossed behind her head. As they keep talking, Kiryu grabs a fistful of throwing knives, an obscene amount that never seems to deplete, and just keeps hucking them at the board until when at the end of the conversation we cut back to Mickey and he's been completely silhouetted with uh, throwing knives stuck in the board. And he's like, you know, all of this is really interesting, isn't it, Jury? <laughs> so what's Jury talking about in this entire time? So also Mickey's Jury- talking. Yeah. And he's like... Jury's definitely a good duelist, but she's not interested in fighting. And Kiryu's like, oh, yes, she does. She wants the Rose Bride because she wants to disprove the power of miracles. Mm. She's a non-believer. And all the while, all these seemingly miraculous shots are happening with these yeah. knives. I really like. I really appreciate this scene. Like, it's just a real, real, real vibe of some mm. sort. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's got JoJo energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very into it. <laughs> It's like, don't care if this doesn't make sense. We're here now. Let's roll. And Jury's like not even participating in this conversation. But here she says, but I'll need to study for study for finals on my own without the power anyway. Showing that Utena is still on her mind. Mm. Mm. She's got to her. So Kiryu's then just like, you know, I can't remember what I said in this bit. Because <laughs> I was just watching him throw knives. Yeah. Basically, he's like, you've got those hidden feelings still. Do you want to give up on your love for the power of the miracles or... Blah, blah, blah. And Mickey's like, wow, you're in love with someone? And she's like, stay tuned for the flashback later. <laughs> and Mickey's like, well, 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 mm. well. Then he extends his arm and then that arm is also coated in throwing knives. Oh, it's so They're just good. like doing a little vaudeville routine at these yeah. meetings now. It's all good. Yeah. It's a good bit of fun to fill out the day. I was in love. There's like a vermilion haired student. And she's just there being like... Watching the fencing yeah, between just... jury captain of the girls' fencing team, I assume, and the captain unnamed of... boy maybe... fencing team captain. Maybe are they... Is that guy a captain? I don't... Because jury's just the, t- t- the team captain, isn't mm. she? They're both just like prominent fencers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're as good as any one of the high school boys' team jury, he says. And, uh... Jury's all like, oh, please. I know. <laughs> I'm incredible. Believe in miracles and they will know your feelings. That's what says, she said to me. Says the vermilion-haired girl with an orange rose. Mm-hmm. The same colour orange. Is vermilion or is it like magenta? I care about this for some reason. It's vermilion. Yeah, vermilion's close enough. Hell yeah. Good Slipknot song. Anyway. Because um, magenta's like blue? No. Purple. Like, yeah. I'd say it magenta hair. Magenta and Vermilion look very similar. Not really. Hmm. Anyway. And she proffers the winner of the duel, Jury. One of those very same orange roses that Anthe tried to offer her earlier. And that's probably why. Probably what upset her so much. But right now we're being led to believe that uh, she and this boy fencer have feelings for each other. When we immediately clicked that... uh, Jury's a lesbian. Totes. Buy it. Buy it most. Yeah. Like almost every character in this show. Yeah. There's some lesbianic excellence happening. <laughs> um, I knew it even then. I knew our love could never go anywhere. Believe in miracles and they'll know your feelings. Uh, the vermilion head girl's kind of looking yeah. over. And then, yeah, she was wantingly. the one who told me that. 
And then her monologue cuts in, this unnamed other student. Mm. I know that he didn't say it, but you, he loved you, Jury. But I wanted him. And I wanted to take him from you, even if it meant hurting you. And then in this, like... School recurring photo shot thing. of like class photo where yeah. they're all aligned on the stairs. She leans over to him and says, I hear Jury's in love with someone and it's not you. <laughs> Little did she know she was speaking the truth. Mm. And he that boy is shocked. And then then they are alone on the stairs and they are together. All the other students have faded out. And then this recurring shot of them all standing against in the, the fencing wall room. in the fencing room. Yep. Now um, it's Jury in the middle and the other two unnamed characters on either side. And now they are joined by um, like walkie-talkie cans, joined by a red string, which of course is in Japanese a symbol of like love and fate. Mm. I wanted him with all my heart, so I would decided to destroy you. <laughs> so basically the prominent symbolic shot is vermilion-haired girl covering the eyes of Jury as she stands over her... And kisses the boy. And kisses the boy above her. Yep. You must hate me for what I've done. And it becomes apparent that Jury is reading a letter that she sent. And he's like, yeah, I do hate you. Kind of. Hate seeing the both of you being happy. Got these feelings. Hmm. Not a fan. Not a fan of these feelings. We were happy back then. And now you guys are. And I'm not. I'm Jury. I'm, I'm, I hate you so much. And I hate miracles. Miracles not real. She, I'm un, because I'm unhappy. She casts her belongings off the desk and then goes out for a midnight stroll. Yep. And you know who else is out for a midnight stroll? Choo Choo. Well, Tanner with Choo Choo. Oh. Choo Choo, trying to get Choo Choo to go to sleep. I guess Anthea has just given up custody of Choo Choo at this point. <laughs> well, maybe she got all her other animals to take care of. The cockroaches won't fall asleep. <laughs> And Jury's there. Jury is wearing a dress and Anthea is, uh, sorry, uh, a nightgown. Tanner is quite taken by that, surprised. Mm. She's like, oh, Jury, you look so elegant, like a supermodel. Yeah, you're wearing very girly clothing. Mm -hmm. And you're still wearing your boy's school uniform, Tanner. Indeed I am. Yes, you see, when I was a kid, I met a prince and uh, I wanted to be like that prince. So I wear the boy's school uniform. And he also told me to come here and wear this rose ring. And that's why I came here and that's why I'm doing the duels. Because maybe it'll help me find him. Mm. And Jury stands up and leans over Utena and it's all feeling very sensual for a moment. But then she, this is like a recurring thing with this character, it seems, where she gets real close to someone and then gets very angry. Very angry and very violent all of a sudden. So trying to seize the ring off her finger, being like, you're just doing it for a boy you like. Yeah, you're no yeah. better than the rest of them. You're no better than that other boy. The boy that I knew that we yeah. clearly insinuated that I was into. Yeah. 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 But you're no better than a fucking common rat with that ring of yours. Mm. Your nobility comes from mere Give association. Give me the precious. <laughs> Give me the ring and then I'll kill you. I'm Gollum. Jury is Gollum. Yep, she wants the ring. Ooh. Um, and so basically they just have a bit of a kerfuffle. Bit of a kerfuffle. And she challenges her to a duel. Because Utena kicks her away bodily. And she's like, no, I'm keeping my goddamn ring, yeah, thank you. Fuck you. Just because you're in the student gandals doesn't mean you can't just fucking take my shit. And she's like, oh yeah, well I'll take it with my sword. I'll see Ooh. you after class. And then... Uh, and he's alone in class doing a little finger dance. So she's like, the rabbits dance all around. Dance, dance, dance. So if I can do this, they go you like... put your hands side by side... Uh, and one finger on each end, touching the table, and the rest curled up. Yep. And, so and then you treat them as two. legs, both these. both inward together and then outward together. Oh god, that's that's hard. Mm. That's real fucking. It's like devil horns, but being used in some weird way. So she's just doing that, and then we cut away. Uh, and then begins <laughs> sweet, simple Andy. <laughs> and Shadow puppet. Shadow puppet's like, oh, but I wanted to go to the zoo. I'm glad I got sick. I don't like the zoo, she says. 
Yeah, but I want to see the giraffes. No, oh, no, no. Yeah. yeah, they're all boring animals yeah, there. stupid giraffes, doves, wolves, and there's like shadow puppets with hands of each of these representing them. And the then, artist just flexing at this point. And then the other shadow puppet is like, wow, you really wanted to go, didn't you? And this is so like blatant... Jury. Like, jury. D- denial of what you really want. Yeah. And it's just like, I didn't want that guy. I didn't want that guy at all. I never wanted that guy. I didn't want them to be happy. I wanted them to be, you know, whatever. It's like, you really wanted him, didn't you? It's like, sure. Well, she didn't want him. She wanted her. Yeah. What? Spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, basically just that. Denial of your feelings and it yeah. makes you even unhappier. Yep. Uh, and then we have Ammonite. There's no no Ammonite references oh. in this episode. Uh, we do have uh, revolutionary... The, the revolution... Uh, the, oh, the, the absolute destiny apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Usual walking up the stairs sequence. It's time to... Do, 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 do. Uh, of course, I've been meaning to mention that every episode that's happened until now, but I've forgotten. There's a classic... Um, rusty door or rusty spigot noise here that you would have heard in so many video games. So many. Basically, any time you've opened a door in a Resident Evil game, you would have heard a sound like this. Resident Evil, or, um, alone in the dark. Any game where you have to like open a sluice gate and get water to move. Final Fantasy. Yeah. This sound, you would have heard it. And it plays every time that Utena puts her signet ring on the shrine to activate the staircase to ascend to the heavens. Nope. Uh, nope. I can't do. I can't go high enough. I got that Adam's apple. Perfect. Thank you. I try. Uh, she ascends the stairways. She does her transformation. And who's sequence. waiting for her at the top? Why? Anthe? <laughs> yes, Anthe's there. And jury. Yeah. No one on the sky perverts roost watching the duel this time. Hmm. At least not that we were made aware of explicitly. No. So they duel. Now, at first, you think to yourself, okay. And Utena's done pretty well so far. She'll be fine. No, Utena is on the back foot. The theme of the song this time is both um, divine beings, like gods and angels, Mm -hmm. and also light. Like light. Yeah. And obviously because of the historical association of these two things, also planets and other celestial bodies. So like uh, Uranus. Yeah, which is of course both a planet and a... Uh, a god. Roman god. Mm-hmm. There's uh, uh, Thanatos, which I saw because I've been playing Hades, and I went, oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who else. Lucifer. Lucifer. Son of the dawn. Oh, and Androgynous, son of darkness. Ooh. Fiery light, heavenly light, the hierarchy of heaven, etc., etc. Uh, meanwhile, Jury's like, you can never win. No miracle can save you now, Utena. I really like how she mockingly calls Utena prince in this. Yeah. Like, oh, you think you're a prince, huh? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just tries to belittle her as much as possible yep. as Utena just constantly tries to hit her and then just gets whisked away. Outmatched. Mm. She, she, can, she can outmatch a um, championship fencer in Mickey, but uh, she's having trouble with the fencing team captain in Jury. Mmm. It's rough. It's rough for rough her. Rough stuff. Jury is basically toying with her at certain yep. points because uh, she could have won, but then she says, oh, I think I just want to play along with this a little bit longer. And she's flashing back to um, the red string between those other two students because she's got a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. She's really angry, really mm-hmm. furious. Yep. I will not let up on you. And then, where's your miracle now, Prince? <laughs> and Uteno is just consistently being driven backwards. Uh, but at one point, she, like... Weird transformation-ish thing. Like that she flash, her form flashes into the form of the Sky Castle Prince slash Utena's Prince. Mm. 
Which Who, is very of course, weird. we saw in the second duel with Sionji descend from the sky and, like, possess her. Mm. But, like, it didn't look exactly the same. I thought that that prince had, like, kind of soft hair, but this one had, like, spiky hair. Mm, no, he didn't. Yeah, you can see. Spiky. spiky that's Utena's hair, I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. Utena's the pink one, but the faded oh, yeah. ones. Yeah. I think that's just flowing in the motion because she's moving... This time. I mean, maybe, but... Anyway, and then she gets more aggressive because I guess she's being influenced by this other... Or is she just, like, embodying his traits? It's very difficult to tell at this stage. It's very surreal. Very surreal. She's fast. And then we get more shots of... Yeah, that's why Don't I took him miracles. from you. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's all like, how dare you try and beat me, Utena? And uh, Jury's in a monologue. He's like, you told me to believe in miracles, but... I don't. Disarm Utena. Knock her down. Ha! Where's sword. your miracle now? Your sword, sword is not here. Sword and flung I away. have mine held at your rose. It, it's over. I've won. It, it would take a miracle for you to win now. And there are no miracles. And then Anthe just looks up and is like, Ooh, well that's interesting. Yep. And Utena's like, uh... The sword, uh, the sword of Dios, mm -hmm. falls from the sky right in front of Jiri. Big health hazard. Mm -hmm. uh, and perfectly cleaves her rose from her chest, sealing the duel for Utena because of an apparent miracle. <gasps> and then Anthe's like, that's a winner. Yep. Jury's like, no. No, <laughs> no that was, no, that was an accident. No, sure. Just a coincidence. Uh, uh, my, my lack, my faith in my lack of faith has been shaken. <laughs> my faith in my lack of faith. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> That's her role in this, it seems, that she is the one who is disinterested in this supposed miraculous power. And she just wants to be she the She wants to annoying... prove that it doesn't exist. She wants to be the really annoying atheist. Yes, yeah, It's just way. like, well, I mean, no, that can't be due to God, man. Like, that can't be possible. And it's like, yeah, I know. She's, um... I get it. Velma just... Dinkley. Velma? Who's Velma Dinkley? Scooby-Doo. Oh. There's no such thing as a ghost. Don't, don't, don't bring down the mood, man. What's wrong with Velma? Just like, I no... can't see without my glasses. Oh, come on, Velma. Just just get it together, right? Can't you be more like like uh, like Shaggy here? He's willing to believe there might He's be a He's willing to eat a whole sandwich with his dog. Like, come on, that's pretty good. You All you do is just say there can't possibly be... Like, get in the mood of the situation, Vel, all right? Get on top of things. So, uh, Jury walks away and is like, Well, maybe if miracles do exist, I should take that power then. See you next time. Ooh. Oh. Is that enough to change her mind on things? Unclear. Probably not. So she's jury's by herself, uh, just at a tree in the daytime at school, looking at a locket that she's been, we've had a few meaningful shots of this episode. It's been around her neck. Mm -hmm. And we see I do she's thinking, I do hate you, unnamed magenta head schoolgirl. And at first we think, oh, she's cut out her She's cut her out of the class photo. Yeah. Out of if, hate for yeah, refusal to see her face. But no, she's put the photo of her in the locket that she oh. wears always. And her last words are if only I could tell you how I feel about you. Oh. And then she closes the locket to be continued. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, a lot of... She's hella lesbianic. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. So much. The love triangle that never resolves. I hope she finds happiness or at least satisfaction with her Dude, state in life. Don't be the annoying atheist here. Just go along with what the mood. What are you talking about? Just go along with the mood of never resolving the love triangle. Constant tension. I don't understand the relation to atheism. Because it's like you got to have faith that she'll find like the right sort of thing. To make her happy again. That's what I said. Yeah, and I'm being like, nah, man, just leave her unhappy. So aren't you the one being the annoying atheist? Man, don't bring down the <laughs> mood. Come on. 
Cool. Yep. Highlights and lowlights. Highlights and lowlights. Whoa. So many highlights. Just so many. Okay. Uh, some real contenders. Okay. I want to say my low light yep. is the poorly... It's sort of like it was too obvious that uh, jury probably wasn't into the guy in all of this. This might be one of those things, though, where... Like, like hindsight and presentation really kind of went a bit far. This might be one of those you know? things, though, where, like, it's... It's a storytelling beat we've seen a lot in the year 2021, yeah. but less so back in 1997. Yeah, maybe. But even so, it was still very just like, yeah, I think I know what's going on yeah. here. <laughs> you know? Uh, my low light is I didn't buy um, the the selling of... Uh, I didn't buy it when they sold. Mm-hmm. Um the Nanami comes to the conclusion that Kiryu and Anthea are conspiring to kill her. You didn't get swept away and in then, her own insanity? She also kind of forgot about that basically immediately too. Even Did though she? it had to be explained later, she stopped caring that apparently her brother was trying to kill her and just started using Suabuki to carry her books and stuff. Well, that was because Anthea called out, hey, we sold the Vernon. That was problem. much later though. Was it? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Well, shit. Okay. Highlights. So many to choose from. We the, I wanted to postpone this and I still can't. Every think. animal. <laughs> Every animal. Every animal. Uh, Sionji showing up. Oh. Uh, sword fight was good. Oh, God. Just the entire second ep's just really good. Mm. The whole episode is just really fucking good. Two episodes, really good in really different ways. Yeah. One of them, you just love because you're like, wow, this is fun. Look, the other I, one I've you because you're like, wow, this is fucked. So many contenders, but I've got to give it to just the powerful... Kangaroo fight <laughs> and Kiryu cold cocking it with his boxing gloves on. So good. Oh, what am I? What can I even pick? Maybe I'll pick a serious highlight. I don't know. There's so many. Uh. Oh God. All right. Well, you know what? I have to. I have to because it's so ridiculous. As soon as it starts getting more and more ludicrous in that first step, I knew I was like, I'm into this even more. Mm-hmm. I'm into this even more. From about. I want to say uh, kangaroo unveiling. No, not even kangaroo unveiling. From Nanami in bunker secret listening yeah, post. Yeah, that From that point on, it's just like, oh my god, this entire thing. We're just but like throwing reality by the wayside. Yeah. But like, oh, I don't even know. I don't even know. All of it's a highlight, man. Well, we're running long, so pick one. Uh, okay, I'm going to say my highlight is going to be... The listening post gag. Yep, great. Yep, just insane. So just quickly, what do we think will happen next time on Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant, the episode eight, the Great Curry High Trip? So, okay, we okay. saw a little snippet. Yeah, things we know about this episode. Um, in the next time on, uh, Anthea and Utena were talking as if they switched bodies mm-hmm. or personalities, but we don't know if that is just like... Sometimes in anime they do like a fake next time on in the dialogue while yep. showing real um Real clips. footage. Yep. And so they treat it like it's some kind of freaky Friday or, body swapping thing. Yeah. Which is like... Hmm? Which is a real like raising the stakes and the level of supernatural stuff going on even though people are like pulling swords out of each other's bodies. Yeah. Maybe it'll be... Did we see any swords in that thing? I just saw... Um, We've think- also seen the still of the episode on YouTube where it appears that Nanami is climbing some sort of mountain. Mm. It could just be like a camping trip Yeah, thing? some sort of school trip episode, some sort of yeah. excursion. Something to that And effect. they swap bodies or personalities. And so I think Anthe... I think, okay, I think 
if it's if it's personality swap, then this will be Anthony getting her first taste of like true um, like assertiveness. Okay, and it's something that she'll try to hold on to when they get their personalities back. Mm. Or if they swap bodies, uh, something someone's going to challenge Utena to a duel, and Anthony in Utena's body is going to have to participate in it, thereby again giving her that first taste of like. True emancipation. I guess. I don't. I don't think either of them are thrust happen, into the princely role. This feels like it's going to be a silly episode, though. Oh, absolutely. So maybe it's just going to be like a camping trip where they're going camping and Kiri. Ah, <gasps> oh, Kiri is interested in, in Utena, Utena, but it's Anthe. Oh, but what? Okay, so what if it's like a rehash of the Mickey episode? But Nanami is nowhere to be found. But she's in the episode. No, no, no. But she's nowhere to be found oh, near Kiryu and Utena and Because <laughs> Nanami going on this school trip is just a B plot. Exactly. And the rest is happening still back at school. I was going to say, they're on the camping trip. Nanami gets lost in the forest. Oh, it has to like go full native to survive. Exactly. Exactly. And so they just have no care in the world of where she's like, oh, she'll, she'll catch up. Yeah. I reckon that's probably what's going to happen. I reckon... Like, she'll rock up at the end, like, covered in blood and, like, wearing tattered clothing. And they'll be like, oh, exactly. Nanami, where did you get to? Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kiri will be all like, now, now, I learned this recipe from my father years ago. Nanami could make it if she was here. Where is she? I don't know. She'll catch up. Mm, good point. We've swapped bodies. <laughs> oh, man. And then they're just going to eat curry uh, and just... And try and have a nice Sionji time. and Choo Choo will swap bodies. Ooh. Choo Choo will be all like, haha, and then bash Sionji with a kendo stick. Yeah, vengeance is mine. Exactly. But then at the end, he'll still have those wounds in his own body that he's done to himself. And it'll be like, he'll pull out a mini kendo stick. What have stick. I wrought on myself? Oh, God. Great. Anyway, yeah, I reckon that's cool. probably what's going to happen. Silly up. Right. Silly up. Thanks for listening, guys. If you would like to financially support us, too bad. We might open a coffee soon. A coffee. Yeah. How do you spell it? K O hyphen F I. Coffee. Hi. Coffee. Coffee. And until yeah. next time, to, to be, be continued. continued.